Close your eyes and come with me to another time and place. The year is 2003. The war in Afghanistan has been raging for over two years, and the U.S. has recently invaded Iraq. The EU is still rapidly growing through the addition of Eastern European nations, and the Hubble Space Telescope has just begun the Hubble Ultra Deep Field, which will result in approximately 800 exposures looking so far into space that it will capture images of the universe as it was 13 million years ago. In your home country of Japan, the Diet has recently authorized the deployment of Japanese troops to Iraq, and a new cabinet has just been announced. On the same day that you watch the finale of the first season of your favorite anime, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, an American man who goes by the name Moot has just launched the website 4chan, proving that perhaps Standalone Complex was not quite as bleak as it could have been about the potential horrors of human interconnectivity. That day was yesterday. Today is October 2nd, 2003. You get home from work, your mind still mulling over the thoughts and ideas that Ghost in the Shell has raised for you. You cannot wait to dive into the next anime from what has now become your favorite production studio, Production IG, which debuts tonight. As you settle in with your bowl of Shin Ramyun and turn on the TV, a song begins to play. Yes, nothing like Cromartie High School to wipe the slate clean and obliterate whatever nagging, complicated thoughts you might have over the dense and, as we have seen, uh, multifaceted Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. So, you are listening to Ghost Divers, an anime podcast with two hosts. I'm Neve, and I'm joined here by Connor, who you've already heard speaking. I'm Connor. And if you can't tell, we are going to be discussing uh, Sakagake Kurumari High School. So this is kind of the intro episode. And then in two weeks, we will reconvene and we'll talk about the first half 
of the show. So there'll be episodes one through 13. Um, and then there'll be a second episode that's 14 through 26. So that seems like a lot of episodes, but this is one of those shows where it's kind of like two episodes fit in a half hour TV time slot. So each of them is like 11 or long. yeah, like 10 minutes, especially if you skip the, um, theme song and the ending theme every time you can like really zoom through episodes here um that said the soundtrack especially the the opening june by takaro yoshida the opening theme song is just incredible it's like one of my favorite anime theme songs i don't know how you feel about it connor but um it's definitely yeah it's definitely up there yeah and it's I, this is one where I believe it was just an existing track that they pulled, but it's just, it's amazing. And it's like full of all of the, like, it's, it's so funny in the context of Cromartie High School because it is so serious, but also like uplifting and joyful. So it still kind of fits, but it is like, this is a song that you would hear in like a Yakuza film or something that would be like the song that a character sings while they're walking to the final confrontation where they may die. <laughs> yeah. And it's about like the nobility of man or something. Yeah. Um, you would see this in like the saddest part of like a beat Takashi movie. Yeah, definitely. So before we, we get a little bit more into Sakagake Cromartie High School, which is usually just called Cromartie High School, especially in the U.S. or just Crow High. I'm guessing we'll probably say Crow High a lot because it's the the shortest here. I, I want to do like two little notes. One is in general, um, I, I'll probably mention a little bit if I have opinions for people watching it between subs and dubs. But in general, like just follow your bliss, do what makes sense to you. But for Crow High in particular, I'm just like, avoid the dub. There, There's some things that are good about the dub. When I first watched the show, I thought the dub was like pretty decent. And I have soured on it over time. Part of that is when I first watched the show, I didn't, like, I was vaguely identifying with bisexuality, but I was not fully steeped in like queer theory and also uh, hanging out with people who at the time thought that like I'm I'm going to say the word because it's a slur that has now been used against me a lot and I feel like I have some like claim to it but back then a lot of people would say like fags or faggots as like just an insult and I kind of accepted it at that point and now it is one that like I've I don't fully use all the time and am actively engaged in reclaiming but I I do still feel like I have some level of like there there are times when I will use that word for myself as a thing of like let me reclaim and lessen the bite of this thing that has been hurled at me when I've been like writing the red line in Chicago. And that word gets thrown around in the dub along with a lot of other just like so this is a show about delinquents and so they want to like the dub I think in particular wants to capture that like oh here are some like delinquent high schoolers and of course in the US that means like I was just saying the people that I hung around with when I first watched the show where they would use these kinds of slurs and things is just like insults to call each other but really I think it one it's like not 
I think actually that true to the original and I think lessens some of the, the comedy. I'm sure when we actually talk about some of the episodes, I'll bring this up in relation to one character in particular, but um, yeah, it's, I, I know you are also not a fan of the dub Connor. I don't know if you have any other specific feelings here other than just like, my big thing is if you just knowing the people who are going to be listening to this, who a lot of my friends are like queer or at least leftist, like spare yourself that you can spare yourself that just listen to the subs. It's great. It's like yeah. the deliveries um, are better as well. Yeah. I feel like in addition to all of that, the thing about Crow High is that it's, it's a very delicate balance, which we'll get into in the next episode, uh, maybe a little bit in this one. But the the formula that it rests on is such a delicate balance, and a huge part of that is the voice acting. I didn't. I've never watched the whole like series in the dub, but I watched a few episodes, and I was just so put off by it. After having after watching the sub, obviously, um, I watched the dub a couple times because I couldn't avoid it, and I was just so put off by just the tone and the timing and like inflection and everything about the way the voice acting hits the ear is just i don't think it works as well yeah Um, i i feel like the dub plays up a certain level of like goofiness that i feel like isn't quite as present in the sub and like some of that might be i just you know don't speak japanese fluently but i i still feel like I've list, I've watched enough anime with subs and I've watched enough like comedy anime and serious anime to get the vibe that sometimes the line reads I think are a little bit more serious in the subs than the dubs and that's part of the humor um is like the straight-faced way that some of this stuff is delivered. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when I listened to the dub I really that was one of the big things that really hit me wrong was just it felt like they were trying too hard to like bring out the comedy of like a specific line and it, it was just over exaggerated um, which is weird to say about crow high because it's something it's a show that like is very over uses over exaggeration heavily in a lot of ways um yeah but again, when you like deploy it in the wrong way, it just it kind of all falls apart. Yeah. Um, one of so, the yeah. one of the great humorous over exaggerations of like Crow High itself to me is this over exaggeration of seriousness about the topics that it's actually talking about. And so like not still having that level like the over exaggeration in the direction of it being serious when it's not is like you're still you're missing that piece of it i guess there there is a lot of that humor of like having an incredibly funny scene with extremely serious music under it it is like a common joke format that people might be familiar with um and i think a lot of this show like captures a degree of that but the one other thing I'll just say before we move on is if you listen to the dub, you're also missing out on the voice of Norio Wakamoto for Mekazawa and his like 
reads as Mekazawa are like they cannot be replicated. Um, the English voice actor is, I think, one of the better voice actors on the dub, and yet still does not match like the way that Wakamoto can so quickly switch from like this somber seriousness to just like full rage. Um, like these like very sudden switches in emotion that I think are, are an important part of Megazawa as a character and is also like part of the humor of Megazawa to me. I also just want to like do a call out here of Norio Wakamoto. The first time that I, well, I don't know if this is necessarily the first, but for me, like one of the most iconic roles for Norio Wakamoto is the Japanese voice actor for Dracula in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I specifically think of this because the English version of Symphony of the Night is like so laughably bad. It's kind of a like meme on the internet. Whereas the the Japanese one is like has this full seriousness and I, I feel like that is still ca- like that is in some way capturing what's happening with Crow High. Um, but I also wrote a few other significant roles here. The Count in Rose of Versailles, Cell in Dragon Ball Z, Vicious in Cowboy Bebop, um, which I think there's a lot of overlap in the deliveries here between Mekazawa and Vicious once you you know that. Whole Horse in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and also Chio's dad in Azumanga Daya, which I think is like the closest character overlap here. I don't know if you've watched Azumanga Daya. Connor, it's a really great slice of life anime that was based on a Yonkoma comic strip where it has like the four panel format and is one of the like it balances a lot of humor with also especially the ending having a lot of the poignancy of like when you graduate high school and realize that you're not going to be friends with these people anymore (laughs) so who knows we might talk about it at some point there's a lot of anime we could cover um, <laughs> we do. We have a list. Uh, the other thing I want to quick point out here, we might talk about this more when we get to the actual discussion of the episodes. But so I didn't really talk when we did Ghost in the Shell about like, oh, it was based on a manga, blah blah blah. In part because I think Standalone Complex is such its own thing. The anime Cromartie High is based on the manga by Eiji Nonoka, and I have all 12 volumes that were translated into English before ADV like imploded or whatever the hell happened to it. And the show is like incredibly accurate to the manga, the, especially the core jokes, like the, the actual dialogue and a lot of the um, base images from the show are like, one-to-one just direct from the manga um the manga is also incredibly funny and there's just way more content compared to the show um the one thing that the show really deviates is the way that it brings in like weird background animations and stuff like that and like stretching of the the image in just weird ways and a lot of that i think is this like meta joke on what they're doing because the manga is really just talking heads like if you if you didn't do that if it was just exactly one-to-one from the manga, it would be, here's a drawing of, like, Kamiyama's face with the mouth moving to the lines for, like, a minute. And then, <laughs> like, it would, like, go to something, you know, another shot that would just be a face talking. Um, because that's so much of what the actual, the actual um, like, manga format, is. yeah, of the manga. Um, the other note here is that for Crow High, and I think kind of in general, Eiji Nonaka's 
style is a direct parody or even like to the degree of doing a one-to-one copy of just the way that Ryoichi Ikigami drew. And so he's probably best known, especially in the U.S., for his Yakuza manga. He Not everything he did was Yakuza, but it was definitely a large part of the manga that he created. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones in the U.S. is Crying Freeman, which I have a few of those volumes. There's also Sanctuary, Heat, Strain. Um, most of it is what would be in the sign-in genre, which is like adult male genre. And especially, so I started reading some of this after I read Crow High and like Crying Freeman is supposed to be serious. And yet I end up laughing at it because now that I have like this association in terms of style with Crow High, I like the premise of this person has been programmed by the Chinese triad to be an assassin who's trying to take down Yakuza members. And so when like the key phrase gets activated, he goes into assassin mode and like is acting out these killings. And yet some part of uh, who he truly is, is like still a, like still inside and viewing these killings, but unable to stop it. And so then after every single assassination, he begins to cry. And there's just like, every time it happens, there's this big splash page of just like tears rolling down this character's face. And it's like what the, the assassin becomes known for because everyone who's ever seen an assassination, like has this striking moment of sadness that happens when this like assassin just killed someone and starts crying. And it's like, that is supposed to be a very dark and heavy thing. And yet, especially after Crow High, I'm just like, this is fucking funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but I, I do think that, like, we'll get into this when we get to the actual discussion stuff. But I, I think especially Cromartie High School is often set up to be a parody of Yankee genre which is like high school delinquents but i think is also in some ways very directly perhaps even more so than like yankee as a genre is engaging with yakuza as a genre so that's just another like here's a taste for what's coming listener but yeah otherwise i like i kind of alluded to this with my little cold open here you could say that we are doing Crow High after Ghost in the Shell because that's literally how it aired. Um, literally October 1st, 2003, the first season of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex ended. And the very next day, the first episode of Crow Marty High aired. And it's the same production company. The styles, the quality of animation is very different. And so it's just like, it's interesting that even for the the studio, this is this was back to back. But I, that's not really why we picked this to be the second one. I don't think. We can pretend that it is, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to pretend that it was so we could seem really smart. But we actually just figured that out like days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think... The simpler answer and the less, like, impressive one is, you know, I think Crow High, me, in, in, its, in its weird way, like, means a lot to both of us. And it's obviously one that we both really enjoy and incredibly different, about as different as, as you, you could get from Ghost in the Shell, especially from, like, our discussion of Ghost in the Shell and some of the things we chose to focus on. So, 
yeah, uh, a little bit different mood uh, here for us and for uh, for you, our dear listeners. Yeah, I think it it is. It's one of those where it's like, on one hand, this is just a good anime for early on for people to getting to know us and i think part of it is one we both have a strong fondness for it so it is like a good intro to us like i'm i'm not sure about you but for me it's like can people at least appreciate and understand why i like cromartie high school and also heathcliff and if <laughs> like if they can then like we're on at some level of similar wavelength in terms of humor and so one of it is just that it's like, okay, do you, do you find what is funny about Cromartie high school? Because if you do, then like, there's some sort of connection that we have in terms of what we find funny that is more telling to me than like, Oh, do you think that like Futurama is funny? Like there's so many people who find Futurama funny and it's, it is more like broad, I think in its direct appeal, not to say that Cromartie high, Cromartie high, like, won a lot of comedy awards in Japan and I think also a few in the the US that were like focused around anime but it is still just like it are you connecting with this because if you are there's some sort of kinship that we have here and so part of it is like it just holds that place for me and then also again it's it is so different from Ghost in the Shell in many ways that I think it'll be a good follow-up for people to get a, a broader sense of like what is the breadth of stuff that we are going to be talking about and the kind of conversations that we'll have than if we just like immediately went into Evangelion or something where I have a feeling our Evangelion conversation is going to look similar to Ghost in the Shell <laughs> right yeah yeah um just like in terms of my my mental pre-work for that episode uh, or for that uh, series, uh, yeah, it definitely is. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, yeah, but not it, quite as much pre-work here. Yeah, well, nothing written, but just like my, you know, my random like ruminations during the time I should be like working. Yeah, and you know, for for ghost divers, as time goes on, I, I think this will become more and more clear, but the the tone of like our discussions and the tone of the kind of stuff that we're going to look at is is going to vary widely um and i think that's one thing that we like thought about going into this as like a priority for the podcast being able to engage with a lot of different types of uh of series and just to like kind of meet them on their own terms and get our honest reactions to them and have interesting discussions. So yeah, in a way we're kind of charting out like the two extremes here by starting with standalone complex and crow high. Yeah. I think the, that's very true. Um, I think the, the one other thing that I think we can just touch on before we like wrap up this episode is just a little bit of like, how did we first encounter Cromartie high school? Yeah, I don't know if you have immediate thoughts. So mine is like chronologically later than than yours because you're the one who introduced Crow High to me. <laughs> okay, um, I wasn't sure if that was true, but I was like, I think I recommended this to Connor um, because I will sometimes do that when I start like talking about anime with someone. I mean, it's what I'm doing with this podcast right now. I'll be like, 
hey, you should watch Crow High and let me know what you think of it. (laughs) That is just like, again, me testing the waters. Well, yeah, not only, so I don't know if you remember, but so not only did you recommend Crow High to me, but you actually like, I wouldn't call it a recommendation. It was more like, hey, I have you in my house right now. We're watching Crow High. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was probably Um, the last time I watched any Crow High then, but like before this. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know what, uh, you know, I don't know what you've been getting into and, you know, up there in Chicago. But yeah, so that was probably, I don't know, 2018 when that happened. And it's really funny because like at the time, I I didn't really take it this way. Like it wasn't like a negative at all, but I could tell it was kind of like, and you even framed it at the time as like, hey, like this is kind of like a test. Like, I want to see how you react to this. Um, and the and there's a scene, like... I mean, I had no idea of the series, like, coming into it before we started watching. But there's a scene in episode one that, like, we'll, you know, we'll get around to uh, discussing. And, like, this is, like, two minutes into episode one. And I was just dying with laughter. Like... <laughs> It's probably the hardest I've laughed in, like, it's it's up there in terms of, like, my whole life. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that was, that was definitely a good moment where it was just, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely on the same, same wavelength here. Yeah. Um, and the thing about Crow High, like, I do want to put this out there. We're going to, we're going to, like, do some, like analysis of crow high and try to like pull out these different elements and kind of explain like how you think it works we'll still be on our bullshit don't worry yes i mean it wouldn't be ghost divers if there weren't like you know many layers of bullshit happening but all of the things that we're going to talk about i don't think our discussion is going to make crow high any funnier because crow high is not like I don't want it to come I want our discussion to come off as like oh you have to be like if if you don't think Crow High is funny you just don't get it like you're not like understanding it or you're not like yeah. obviously not like you know smart enough to understand Crow High because I think like liking Crow High and thinking it's funny is something very very visceral that exists on a level that's like it's not sub-intellectual, but it's just like a more organic type of reaction. And so going back to what you were saying earlier, like when someone thinks Crow High is funny, it's kind of like, oh, there's some substantial commonality between just our like organic, visceral sense of humor um, that is like a a kind of kinship here. But even in the show, and again, we'll discuss this later, but the show itself satirizes the idea of like, oh, you need to be like an intellectual, like you need to have an intellectual interpretation of comedy to like, like the show. So I don't think that's what's happening, but there's, you can talk about it that way. And it's interesting. Um, but I also think it's just a very visceral thing that just hits you or it doesn't. Yeah. I, one thing that I think, like a quick comparison that I could also use for people is um, I'm trying to remember the name of, name of this comedian, 
But a lot of people who are probably listening to the show might know this bit, which is the Coinstar. So I went to the Coinstar, and the Coinstar is not working. And it's just like this stand-up comedian who's basically delivering that line over and over again, but with the like pattern and delivery that you expect from stand-up and is like doing the different deliveries. And it is one of these things where like, I think Cromartie high school is similar in that some of what is funny is a recognition that you have of certain tropes that exist in comedy. And you are recognizing that they are playing on like, even just the way that jokes are constructed and that they are making jokes around the way that they are constructing jokes, which is a thing that like, I I think on one end there is a certain amount of like, there is just familiarity with the form that helps this become funny. But I think there is also a certain amount of like, you have to be able to get over the like the weirdness or the, the way that this is also intentionally off-putting that like it is so focused on the form that if you don't find those jokes about the form of comedy itself funny, like you're, I I think there are people who are not only going to be like, this isn't funny, but they are going to actively find it. Like, this is stupid. Like, why are we like, (laughs) why are you showing me this video where this guy just keeps talking about how the coin star isn't working? It's like pissing me off. Right. (laughs) Like, and, and like, I think there is some amount of informing that, like, if you have experience with certain forms of comedy, you might be more likely to jump in, like, realize that this is what the joke is doing or, like, have the the foregrounding of experiences with other ways that jokes are constructed to then, like, understand how this is directly playing with your expectations. I think it is a, it is a, like a manga and a show that is specifically about playing with the audience's expectations. And because of that, it is like having a certain level of familiarity with certain styles of comedy, just better prepare you to then be like even more surprised by some of the ways that it is leading you to expect a certain style of joke and then subverting it or twisting it in some way. So yeah, we'll, we'll get more into this when we talk about it, but um, that's my like, and again, like the the thing I want to put out here is if someone's not getting it, it's not like, oh, it's just because you haven't watched enough comedy. Like, I think someone could have that approach and it's just like, fuck those people. But it is one of those of like, I think people just have to like, it is a certain mode that your brain has to be in where you find jokes about like f- the form of jokes funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is just like a certain mindset that some people have and other people don't. And that's not like a value judgment, but it, it is one of those things where I often describe Cromartie High as a comedian's comedy because it's the kind of, I think both in some ways, the good way and bad way. Like as someone who has followed a lot of stand up comedy as well, I think that's some of where I get this from, like this appreciation of this style of comedy. But it is also a style of comedy that can be at times like off-putting or almost like gatekeepy. And I, I don't like I understand that's why some people don't like it. And that's valid and fine. Right. And I'm not going to be gatekeepy about like, oh, well, if you don't get this, then you're not like 
a great enough person in terms of understanding <laughs> comedy or whatever. Yeah, you're like, you're no, morally deficient yeah. if you don't like Cromartie High School. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, it's but yeah, it's just one of those like it it has a it is engaging with that in a way where it feels clear to me that it is trying to get people who either are comedians themselves or like highly engaged with the form of comedy. It is trying to like surprise them. And I think that's part of why I ended up winning a lot of awards for comedy, because of course the people voting on that are people who are big fans of comedy and they're like, Oh, this is something that feels, feels new and fresh. Um, the other thing that's been interesting when we're watching this, I still think there's some stuff that's like hilarious with this, but I think also in some ways Cromartie High went on to influence other comedy and like definitely has some parallels with like adult swim shows as well. And so it's also interesting now that I'm rewatching it and like fully rewatching it and not just showing the first few episodes to someone that I'm like, there are, there are ways that what they were doing here when I first watched it felt far more like, whoa, this is surprising. This is doing something very new. Whereas now I'm watching it and I'm like, oh yeah, this like, there's, there's more comedy out there that does this, I think now than at the time that I first watched it, which, so I watched it in, um, let me see this. It probably would have been like 2006. I forget when it first came to the U S it was like fairly early into when it came to the U S I, I know it did. Yeah. Let me, I'm just like looking it up here. Um, blah, blah, blah. They don't actually include it on this site. Yeah. I guess it never, I don't know when ADV did it then because I don't think it ever really, Oh, I guess it was shown on G4. I didn't watch it on TV. I, I literally, I think I heard about it and we like somehow got a hold of somehow like a few episodes. And then I bought the box set. Um, Classic yeah, 2006. It, yeah, it was it was definitely like very early in my undergrad. And the other thing I want, I want to put out here, because I know some of the people that I knew in undergrad might be listening to this. I think all of us, or at least most of us, grew beyond the like saying the F word, the F slur, not the not the f word fuck that i don't give a fuck about but like the actual <laughs> slur word is like actually not a thing that people should be doing but i think we were all in this place where like at that time where we hadn't gotten to that point yet so I'm, like i'm not saying to any of my my friends who i knew back in undergrad who would be listening to this right now that i think that like like i was also just as complicit in it as you were we all had learning to do so yeah, all of you are great. I still love you all. <laughs> Those of you who are listening to this, there's a few of you who I've lost touch with and for reasons of not them not being supportive of me when I came out as trans, so fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if we have like a ton of other thoughts. Uh we do, but uh well, let's not yeah, burn, we're, let's not burn the pod, you know. We're going to record the first discussion episode next. Keep, keep I mean, the pod unburned. Yeah, I mean for this intro to Crow High, we're going to record after the fact any works cited and content warnings. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. Uh, just watch Crow High. Really. Do yourself a favor. And, you know, if, if you don't like it, no big deal. But guarantee it is not going to make your life worse.
yeah and if you want to tap out after i would say make it through at least episode three i feel like by episode three you should know whether or not this is hitting for you yeah um but honestly like i think through episode four like once you have episode four you you get what the show is but episode three in particular is like a big you tolerate yeah, if you can if you can get through episode three, you're like you're 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 good to go. Yeah, if you can if you can tolerate episode three, you're good to keep going. If you think episode three is hilarious, then like you are going to love this show. Yeah, then right right into the podcast. And also, if you know what I'm talking about with the coin star, which I will like actually put a link to, I'll, I'll find the videos <laughs> like the Twitter thread. If you know what I'm talking about with the Coinstar thing and you think Coinstar is hilarious, but you don't think Cromartie High is hilarious, please write in to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com and let me know if you can like vocalize why the Coinstar thing hits for you and Cromartie High School doesn't. Because I'm curious. I feel like they come from a very similar like style of comedy. So yeah, I like if one of them hits for you and the other one doesn't, let us know. Because right now they occupy the exact same part of my lizard brain. <laughs> You're right next to blind rage. Yeah. yeah, both of them have, they live rent free in my brain. <laughs> it's great how I can say these internet things to you, Connor, and you don't know them. So this is your first time experiencing they live rent free in your brain. Well, I, I, may, I may have seen that a couple of times, you know. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, when my when my kids my kids got the computer working, got me booted up on the internet, you know. A couple of times. I go on the uh, internet well, like like two two times a month when my kids set up for me. Yeah. You go on when a new episode of Ghost Divers drops and then you download it into your pod your podcast app. Um well your kids download it for you. I, I, I download it onto my iPod. Yeah. With iTunes. Onto your Zune. <laughs> no, I had a Zune, but they uh they discontinued the Ah. Oh. The, yeah, they they wouldn't let me keep using it. Wow. So my kid my kids set up an iPod for me. That sound that sounds wonderful. Does does the wheel move? Uh no, it just it feels like it's moving, you know, but it doesn't actually Okay. Like, yeah. So they got you a newer one. Yeah. Yeah, I right. I don't I don't like it as much, honestly. Yeah, does it have a color screen? I I don't I don't know I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know what a color screen is. Can is that is so, that another one of those newfangled? So the screen that like the screen. Do you know what a screen is? <laughs> well. Join us for episode one of Cromartie High. <laughs> In two weeks, episodes one through 13. I'm going to uh, leave all of that in. I think it... <laughs> Good. Yes. <laughs> so I think with that, we can just briefly mention our work cited. Uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, we don't bring up nearly as many critical texts for Cromartie High School as we did for Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Really, the one big work that I cite is just the Yakuza film, An Introduction, by Keiko Iwai McDonald from the book Reframing Japanese Cinema, Authorship, Genre, History. 
This is probably a text that I will cite again later if we actually get to Yakuza film, but I kind of bring it up in relation to um, what could potentially be the genre that Cromartie High is pulling from and parodying, um, although we'll get into it further. I also obliquely reference On Ninkyo by Sato Tadao from Shisono Kaguku. Um, this is one that you probably are not going to find in English because I read it a translation from my professor, but who knows if you speak Japanese, maybe you can, you can track this down and read it. I very, very briefly mention it, but it's basically going into what is kind of like conservative or it would actually say like feudalistic about Yakuza as a genre and the appreciation of Yakuza by a lot of people who see some sort of revolution in it, but then it actually becomes like a release valve that prevents them from ever actually acting on those um, and instead just continuing their daily lives. So I, I will briefly mention that as well. That's it. Connor, you didn't have any academic texts this time. It, yeah, it, it pained me to, uh, to do that. Yeah. I was really, yeah. I was really trying to, to figure out a way to work in Marxist theory, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. Just, you know, I couldn't find a way to tie Bazen in. I just couldn't. Oh gosh. That's so, that, yeah, that's, I'm sure I, I actually could have, if I tried, <laughs> I'm sure I could have. No, this I was... just didn't try. Yeah. Oh, oh! It it is what it is. Don't worry, we still have plenty to talk about, even without critical texts. Yeah, just Um, wait for our Marxist reading of Ray Earth. Yeah, if you want our Marxist reading of Cromartie High School, please write into GhostDiversPod at gmail dot com. We will answer those when we get to the question bucket. Um, In terms of next episode, which will be dropping in two weeks, uh, will of course be. The first discussion episode, we will be discussing episodes 1 through 13 of Cromartie High School. Um, that might sound like a lot, but... The episodes again, are 10 minutes a, long. Yeah, they're 10 minutes long. It is like basically the same t- time commitment as Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, and uh, well worth it, in my opinion. Otherwise, thank you to Export Audio. Uh, for hosting our podcast so you can go to exportaud.io or patreon.com slash export audio to support the network and check out some of the other shows there as well uh, you can follow me at foxmomnia where can people follow you connor at rabbleis r-a-b-b-l-e-a-i-s and uh remember tweet at connor ask him where the funny content is put that pressure on him and then you can follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod. At Ghost Divers Pod. I am tired and my throat is giving out. Um, yeah, otherwise, stick around until after the credit music. And uh, we will do the very brief content warnings. If Yeah, if, if your, uh, your voice box doesn't implode on itself. Yeah. I ran out of water. I should have brought more water in to my closet. Well, you can always, uh, never mind. (laughs) So anyway, remember, if you're not our friends, you're not really our friends.
So in terms of content warnings, again, there's not a ton for Cromartie High School, with the exception of, as we mentioned earlier, if you're watching the dub rather than doing the subs, they throw in a lot more of just like, oh, here's some like slangy delinquent stuff, which leans into slurs. Um, Again, the F slur definitely comes up and... I haven't watched all the dub, but I'm sure there's some other stuff in there that's probably not as as great as the subs. Um, So I definitely recommend the subs here and proceed with caution if you're watching the dubs because neither of us have watched all of them because both of us hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Otherwise, there are a few things that still creep into the subs as well. I think the biggest one is just like a little bit of ableism. I think they still throw around crazy as like an insult um, or as like a bad word, which I know can affect people a little bit. Otherwise, like there's some like brief violence, but it's not like nothing's gory or gratuitous or anything. So I don't know if anything else stands out to you Connor but like I feel like language is just the main thing that normally gets put on Cromartie High as like here's the warning yeah um there's some I mean it's just as you said there's some like some things that border on like slurs in the course of like like thug quote-unquote thug type banter Um, yeah but other than that I, I don't think that there's really anything that stands out Yeah, I mean, there's, like, it's also one of those things where there's some stuff where it, like, might be very briefly starting to touch on a trope thing that would probably be more serious, but they don't really go to that point. So, I'm trying to think if there, like, there's something that I briefly thought of, but I was like, it really doesn't hit to a point where I think it would be, like, an actual issue. Like, there's some stuff that could, like, almost start touching on, like, oh, some, like someone's character's memory like a character's memory is being erased or something but it's like none of it there's no like actual consequence where any of it feels in any way like actually grappling with these themes and instead it's just like a part of the humor and none of it really like none of it matters right i think or like the discussion that they they can erase someone's memories and then literally the next episode they're just back to normal that's what the show is (laughs) yeah and like the amount of discussion that we've had on this topic is like more than like all of the content like put together in like more longer in duration than like all the content like yeah so there's it's there's not a lot so i think that's it Bye, everyone. See you in two weeks. All right. Recording and program. Let's get Craig to. So I guess there's been like major issues with Craig during this. Um, I think. Forget which podcast. Just like Discord wide. Yeah. Just like Craig in general. Um, so. Wow. What a douche. It'd be reliable. Now recording. Oh, yeah. Hey, Craig. I was just saying how cool of a guy you are. Yeah. We all, we love you, Craig. Yeah. You're great. You're, you're so reliable and like, you know, nice and cool. Yeah. I feel like, um, 
Like I was kind of mentioning this to you before, but after like every time we record, I always like think about it quite a bit after. And I'm like, I'm never unhappy, but I'm always just like, oh yeah, you know, something just occurred to me or like, this is like something I could have pointed out or developed more. But that's like, I don't think that's a bad thing. That just means like, you know, if people are listening and like really engaged and they want to like write in or like respond somehow, we'll, we'll have another crack at it, especially like, as you point out with second gig. Yeah. There's also one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure I was like putting a nice bow on some of the gender stuff with major Kusanagi, because not that major Kusanagi's gender doesn't continue to be a thing in second gig, but one, I had already started rewatching it, but also I kind of remembered that like, especially watching second gig this time, which it's been a while since I watched it before. I we'll, we'll like not burn a bunch of pod here, but there's some moments where I'm like, mm, actually I don't like what they're doing here. So yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to that because the last time I watched this, I like thought that I was cis and in a straight relationship. And so some of the like slight amount of straight washing that happens with major Kusanagi, it's slight. There's still like, she's still pretty clearly canonically like bisexual, but yeah, there's just some like slight phrasing stuff where I'm just like, "Mm, I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like (laughs) this. I like, I like very gay queer major Kusanagi. (laughs) <laughs> anyway we're supposed to be talking about curl high and we're talking some more about uh it will it will haunt us forever yeah um all right shall we oh we have to do time that is we haven't done yeah. that yet all right let's see let's do it at like oh seven like seven okay. seconds after all right that sounded good to me. I had a little bit of a like delay, but I think that's fine. As okay. long as it was like I, the the clap is like right when it switches over, right? When it like goes uh, from six yeah. to seven, yeah, yeah. As long as that's on your end, it should be good. Um, there will always be some delay with remote recording, unfortunately. Yeah, and hopefully it doesn't make too much trouble for you. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to first record this Neve's journey into the world of imagination before I do the actual intro to the podcast for <laughs> our intro episode. Okay, um, good, good. Start <laughs> off on the right foot here. Yeah, because this is the cold open. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 